Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. James Bell. Oh! <laughs> oh, man, I hope you like your podcast, Shaken Not Stirred, because this one is going to be deadly. Mike, hit us with that, that Bond music. Uh, but only like six seconds of it, so don't get, you know, sued. Yeah, no, 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 not sued. Not sued. There's going to be mystery, intrigue. There's going to be... Uh, lasers, freaking lasers in this episode of Flash TV Talk, because that's the only way you can do it uh, when, when you've got a license to podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, man, no, it's going to be a fun one. Hey, we do need to address a couple of housekeeping items before diving into uh, the fun that this week is definitely uh, set to bring. Uh, first things first, last week, y'all may have noticed it sounded like Bell had fallen down a well. Uh, first, let me just go ahead and say that is true. Bell did fall down a well and was podcasting down there, but uh, hopefully, as you can hear right now, he is out yeah, there it's, well. Yeah, uh, it's my passion project, my other podcast called Bell on Wells, and uh, wow. I go down into Wells and I podcast from there, and, and just the timing was bad, and I couldn't make it to my normal studio and setup, and so I just decided to do Flash TV Talk from the well I was podcasting in on Bell on Wells, so I apologize. Yeah, ironically, uh, while you were in Wells, I just assumed you were also Eobard Thawne, because anytime I see any Wells, I just assume Eobard Thawne. Um, <laughs> but, but that's just me. Uh, no, we, the, uh, the technical difficulties have been fixed, and of course, Bell uh, sounds like his wonderful self. You may have already noticed this. Of course, last week, we didn't have an episode of Flash TV Talk, but we were honored to be guests on Star Wars TV Talk, talking about the new Mandalorian series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, be sure to head over to uh, to that episode to get our thoughts on episode one and two with uh, with the guys over there. And shout out to Star Wars TV Talk, an excellent after show for the Mandalorian and all other Star Wars TV talking needs. Uh, okay, so there's that. Also, we have got coming up a crisis house party, the Flash TV Talk crisis house party. The details are available at tvtalk.fm. But here are the high notes: December 10th, 60 bucks, 6 p.m. Austin, Texas. Food, drinks, watch party, live podcast. Bell's gonna be there. I'm going to be there. That's it. That's all the highlights. So we hope, <laughs> we hope that you will be there as well. But it should be a lot of fun. And uh, we will be talking some crisis just like we will later on this episode. But first, Bell, we, we've, we've, got, we've got, a, we got a show here. That we do. Yeah. Yeah. We got an episode to talk about. In episode six of season six, License to Elongate, Bell, are you ready to hop into the rundown? The rundown. Episode 6 of Season 6, License to Elongate, directed by Danielle Panabaker and story by Thomas Pound and Jeff Hirsch. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry turns his attention to preparing Elongated Man for life after crisis and without the Flash. Meanwhile, Cecile faces her own moment of self-discovery while helping a recuperated Chester P. Runk reclaim his identity. Dun, dun, dun! dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a. Thing. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> it doesn't 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 quite fit there. And I, but you know, at some point, you just got to do it for the for the sake of tradition. You yeah. know, it's it's kind of like doing an episode for the sake of tradition, even though it doesn't advance the plot line overall for the season. You can do it anyway because tradition. Exactly. Like a like a filler <laughs> episode of yeah. sorts. I, I, so let's let's just address this off the bat. I, I don't know that you could have a definition of filler episode more than what this has been. Even last week's episode, at least advanced character plots for various folks, we didn't really get any of that here for anybody of real substance, if I'm, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, okay, so so there, there's a little bit of mystery as far as uh, the little weird message that was in the monitor's wall. Meh. Uh, we got... Yeah, I mean, did me. Yeah, I don't know. We got a little nice little Barry moment where, you know, Barry got recognized as opposed to the Flash. That was great. That was great. We're going to talk about those moments. But I'm just saying, overall, there was a passing of the torch that this kind of episode served uh, to set up, potentially, if Barry is going to die at the end of Crisis. So, I mean, like, you know, there are there are some things that happened. I'm just saying, Bell, I, I think... In as much as this was a, a super fun episode, and I, I don't know about you, I mean, we're about to dive into it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Uh, it, it was just, it was filler from front to back, A, B, and C plot lines. Uh, the very definition of filler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing. Uh, yeah, there, there's not any substantial progress made on like any sort of big plot points, like you mentioned. So, no. Yeah, no. yeah. Pretty much filler. But this is the important thing to recognize: filler does not need mean bad. Oh no, right? no, absolutely not. It was a very fun episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved all the Bond references and everything. That was that was great. Um, and it's it's interesting to see you know Chester again and and you know. Like, where has he been? And we they finally kind of answered that. So, like, okay, great, great, great. Um, yeah, it was totally filler, but it was totally fun. And I think that's fine for a filler episodes. Filler episodes can be goofy. They can be fun. You know, you can do that kind of stuff with them. Uh, and then you can save your more serious moments for other other times. And, and I think that's exactly what they did here. <laughs> right. And I think it worked and it was fine. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, we, we this was also a great opportunity to check in with kind of the, the seasonal metas beyond kind of our, our primary team of course we have allegra who i mean gosh at this point is kind of becoming part of the primary team because we she's certainly a reoccurring character at this point ultraviolet uh being connected to her yet not necessarily interconnected in this episode and then the the long-awaited ter- return of uh three episodes long-awaited of uh chester ruck uh twitch's own twitch yeah twi- i thought you said to each his own i was like Oh no no no! Twitch is own. Yes, I got you. Yeah, no, Twitch is own, man. He's uh, he's racking up the what do, what do you got on the Twitch? The bits? He's got the bits on the Twitch. Oh, I I don't do any of that on the Twitch. I just watch stuff uh, occasionally. We're, we're we are so old, man. Yes, I don't know. It's like like sometimes there are games that I don't mind watching people play, but a lot of times I just want to play the game. Yeah, uh, back in my day, we played the game. <laughs> uh, okay, well, boomer. <laughs> Have you seen the Yoda? Never mind. You know what? I'm just going <laughs> to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to take us too far off the rails. Uh, Although if ever there was an episode to go off the rails, this would be one. Because it, like you mentioned, man, it was a lot of fun. There was a ton of Bond references with uh, kind of our primary plot line of uh, Barry and Dibney, man. They go on their, they're kind of off on their own adventure. Barry, of course, has his agenda, which is to uh, to set up uh, Ralph and, and specifically Elongated Man as the new hero of the city. Uh, but he gets roped into this kind of Dib- Dibney uh, uh, side quest that uh, was just a ton of fun. And, you know, that's the thing. If you like if you like it when we're kind of winking at franchises and stuff and we kind of go in, uh, then this was absolutely for you because this was Bond references out out you know out of every single uh, crevice. In fact, I was even waiting like you could have made it. We probably should have made it a, a Bond drinking game. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> every time it was a Bond reference, and then like neither of us make it to the podcast because. Yeah. Or maybe so like a over. bingo or something of that nature, because like the thing is, like, even if you go back to what was it last season with uh, with the uh, King Shark or no, 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 the first episode, actually, with King Shark, you knew they were going to go full on Jaws. You just knew that was going to be in there. Oh, yeah. And so, so in the future, we just need to be more prepared for this and just say, like, we know they're going in a direction here. Let's just whip out the bingo card or the drinking game and and have additional fun uh, <laughs> to enjoy it through that lens. I, I was even, man, I was even specifically had written down, no, Mr. Dibney, I expect you to die. I, I planned on that happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to some kind of laser death trap. Um and I received all of those things and, and it was great. And, and of course they had like the ridiculous uh, name for the, for the attractive woman in red. Uh, gosh, I can't, <laughs> right, it was, right. I, I wish I could remember her name. It was so bond, but uh, Ma- Madam Bond villain. I think it was. Something <laughs> of that nature, or, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, this was, uh, it, but it was great. And, you know, Dibney, of course, rocking a, a suit and there was kind of some juxtapositions of, of these two characters, right? Because whereas, you know, Barry is essentially trying to prep or, uh, you know, arguably has been prepping Dibney for quite some time to be a hero. Um, he's now wanting him to kind of step up and and kind of be able to hold his own. And yet Barry gets pulled into a scenario where he is not used to uh, being, you know, you know, wearing a tux and like, you know, schmoozing it up with kind of the uh, the scurviest of the scurvy. Right. Whereas, and lying. I mean, he's just bad. <laughs> he is very bad at lying. This is very true. Um, so he is he's very much out of his element and uh, and kind of put in a position to be able to see Ralph, you know, being very fully in his element. It, it almost, to some extent, it does better here in this episode what I think they wanted to do last episode with Cisco, right? Because they they wanted to set up a situation in which Barry could say, you know, I affirm this decision, like, right? I I know that this is who I want to do this. This is who I want to do this. 
And now that I, I either see them live up to that or, or something of that nature, we didn't have to bring Dibney back down and have Barry build him back up in the same episode, like what, what happened to Cisco a couple episodes ago. You know what I mean? Which I would expect the exact opposite, right? You figure Cisco would be the one who is right. confident yeah. and competent and all this kind of stuff. And it, it absolutely wasn't. It was it was they, they flipped the script on that, which is really, really interesting and unexpected. Uh, I, I yeah, for, for sure thought Cisco was going to, to, you know, take the mantle very easily. And I was surprised. And then so after seeing that, I was kind of like, well, you know, they're doing PI stuff with Dibney. So this should be this should be different. I don't, I don't expect Bid, uh, Dibney to mess this up. And he didn't uh, for the most part until Barry kind of like, you know, screwed it up for him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was kind of interesting uh, juxtaposition to last week's Passing the Torch episode. All right. Th- there is Not one last thing. week's last episode, I guess. Yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't an episode last week. That's right. So. Here's the thing. Whereas this episode in general requires like, I hate to even say this because I don't mean it as an insult, but there's a, there's a requirement to turn your brain off a little bit. You know what I mean? Like how did Cisco not realize the giant, you know, ring of fire death? <laughs> missile how did no, how did people on the ground not see it? Exactly. exactly. I mean, if it's that big, you know I mean? Maybe it's not, maybe those are little tiny micro warheads. I have no idea. Well, they could be paying off NASA, but you could headcanon your way around it. But the point is, don't don't even do that. It's a waste of mental you know, capacity. You just kind of turn the brain off a little bit, and and you know you kind of you kind of roll with it. The laser thing getting kicked, and then it's going in a certain pattern, and now we just kind of barely hit it with the you know cafeteria tray, and it's fine. It's broken. So I mean, yeah. like there's there's little things like that. You just kind of you know look the other way. There is something though, Bell, that that happened in this episode that happens from time to time that it does kind of bother me every single time it happens. And, and that's that? meta suppression technology. Yeah. It's well, very... it's become their MacGuffin to like make it so that the flash, because that's the thing. And when you have like Superman and the flash and all these godlike super beings, it's really hard not for them to just, Oh, just go in there and do what they need to do instantaneously with no one noticing. So that's been kind of their thing to prevent the flash from doing that. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of it because that one there's been other episodes that have been, you know, shut your brain off episodes. I mean, a great example of that is King shark versus gorilla grad. Like that was yeah. a, that was very much a, we're shutting our brains off. It's a, it's a monster movie. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's just roll with it and, and have a good time. And so, you know, when they're trying to get everything set up, we have those like meta dampener satellite things attacked to the wall. And we've seen those from time to time, but we've seen those in actual important episodes as well. Like, like the non turn your brain off episodes. And so that's when it it just kind of irritates me a little bit because it's like, how would this technology like Barry's source of power is very different than say, you know, Frost's source of power or Vibe's source of power, you know, Vibe and Frost are way more similar uh, well, actually, that, that's not even true because Frost predated the um, uh, uh, the the explosion. I mean, you could argue that it's connected to the metagene, but you know, Barry's seems to go beyond just you know a metagene. Yes. So Barry's metagene is what allows him to tap into the speed force, which is like okay, much, all right, all right, right, enough. right. I mean, yeah, yeah, at yeah, least in the sense. show, I mean, like, so like if, if there's a suppressor that turns off the metagene, I guess it would turn off his access to the speed force. What about, what about Supergirl though? Didn't they use that on her back during the last crossover? Like meta. Uh, uh, I don't see how they could unless they were suppressed. Well, they use, they used, uh, they used Kryptonian sunlight. I thought. Yeah, maybe they did. It was, yeah, they're using, they're using red, uh, red sun. Okay, energy. fair enough. And you are actually giving some pretty good explanation here. I just don't. <laughs> I just think that it's a little too convenient of a of a technology to kind of trip them up. But fair enough. You're able to headcanon your way through it, and you kind of brought me along. So uh, props, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the best thing, honestly. But like, uh, again, it's one of those things where like it's easier to go. There's a metahuman dampener in here, uh, and have fans be like, ah, metahuman dampeners, whatever. Then for there not to be one and then be like, well, why doesn't Barry just instantly do anything that he needs to do in here? You know, like, like, cause, cause that honestly, that kind of bothers me more where it's a situation where Barry could do something like, like, you know, knock out villains or search an entire room or like do those kind of stuff. And like, he doesn't, that's more frustrating to me than the, than the meta power dampeners. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good, uh, that's good. That's the fan STFU. That's what it is. That's, that's what that is. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know. 
it's it's metahuman it's omg science we ain't got to explain nothing yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> right, right. exactly well no worries and like i said when it comes down to it it's, it works perfectly fine for this episode uh, although i will say this other thing too bad you know it, with uh with barry pretending to be drunk uh now that would be a fun use of meta dampeners although he had his powers back at that point it would have been really funny to see him actually get drunk for the first <laughs> yeah, time right. forever as a like side side benefit of this and uh it- you mentioned his poor status of uh, of lying. However, you know, for someone who hasn't been drunk in quite some time, I thought he did quite well. Yeah, you know, it, it's pretty convincing. Um, what I don't get about that whole scene, though, is that why wasn't Ultraviolet using her powers to, like, I don't know, beat him up? I uh, because she's under contract. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, I, that's that's what I'll throw in there. Um, I love the, uh, well, the, of course, the the reference to Mortal Kombat with the face mask. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, Barry's reaction there. Uh, elongated Man, you know, ultimately, like I said, this was kind of a, a setup for them to, uh, for Barry to essentially hand over the city uh, to to Ralph or, or maybe the vice versa, because the city needs somebody to look, look towards, right? Like he's basically established Cisco as the team leader. But they can't look to Cisco because he's taken the vibe persona out of the picture. They actually need a hero to attach attach to. And without anybody else other than Frost, who's a known uh, criminal, we've got Elongated Man. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, when it all comes down to it, I'm actually shocked that I've really seen this as an organic path for a long elongated man to step into i even loved barry handing him his logo you know for uh for his uniform yeah i mean it, it is it is really cool it's like it's weird though right because i i would much have rather kid flash been able to step up to the plate here and been introduced as the you know the the city savior um but that's just not happening so i gotta like you know push that aside and just accept what we have here, which I think is, is a, you know, we have a character that's progressed so much since he's been introduced and now stepping up to the point where he's going to be the new city's defender. And I, and I, I think like it's, I don't know, it's been working for me. It really has. I think, I think Dibney fills the role well. Uh, he has completely changed as a character and uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be, you know, I mean, obviously Barry's not going to be dead for very long, but uh, it'll be nice to see him, you know, in the reins as the city's protector for a little bit, maybe. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I even liked how he kind of uh, literally stepped into the role at the very end by stretching right. his leg and showcasing the powers. Um, the Flash handing him his, uh, his, you know, his his logo, and then all right, I need to step out of the way for two seconds. And okay, well, now we need Barry Allen you know, to come up here. Can we get the Flash and Barry Allen to yeah, come get- up here? We'd like to congratulate, but wait, 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 we can't. Oh, oh. <laughs> Um, oh wait, Barry's in the bathroom. Oh, well, let's just talk to Flash right quick. And then when Barry's out of the bathroom, we'll talk to him. Uh, nothing to see here. I just kind of wanted somebody in the background, like, but wait, where did the Flash go? (laughs) Doesn't the Flash want to congratulate Barry? Yeah, Barry saved the city so much, you figured the Flash would want to congratulate him. Hey, wait a minute, (laughs) hold on here just a second. Barry Allen is the elongated man. No, 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 Charlie, no, Charlie. That that's the elongated man standing next to him. But but the Flash was just here. That's right, Charlie. But the elongated man is Flash. Like, like you mean no. Commissioner Joe West is Flash? <laughs> it's like Charlie. Charlie, it's like, just take a breather, man. You got all the pieces there. All the pieces are there. You'll you'll, you'll figure it Wait, out. But the DA disappeared, and now Flash is being honored. Cecile the DA was dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then I come in saying no they're all Yabarthon that's uh, true they are all Yabarthon <laughs> what if it what if it was Bell dun, dun, dun. what if elongated man is Yabarthon who is Barry Allen who is Cecile you know he actually could still be the thinker uh, in all seriousness the thinker. yeah I mean yeah. I, I still feel like there's <laughs> there's some room there to have the thinker still kind of existing in his back consciousness which could be a cool thing to play out once Sue actually does show up, which, you know, I thought maybe she would this episode, or at least we get more of a nod to her whereabouts. But um, now we do know the actress has been cast. I hope that's not too spoilery to say, but I mean, like given the trajectory of that story, uh, we know where it's going, but uh, one way or the other, Hey, by the way, before we step off this plot to go into the, uh, some of the other stories here, uh, man, just, I gotta tell you, man, this Joe West moment, this moment that we got with kind of honoring Barry Allen. Oh man. That got me. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I got choked up with that. Yeah. And so did Barry. I, yeah, this is, dude, the, the caliber of acting that Jesse L. Martin brings on this of all episodes. I mean, like, come on. I know. Isn't that crazy? Get that man an Emmy. Like, does he have an Emmy? He needs an Emmy. Uh, he needs one. I'm sure he's got a Tony, right? He's probably got a Tony. Did they give him a Tony? What What is the one? It's like a Tony, Emmy, Grammy, and what? You're talking about EGOT. EGOT. Yeah, he needs an EGOT, too, because he Wait, has a is Grammy the voice. music and Tony? What's Tony? Tony is the Broadway. Okay, yeah, then Tony. He would have Tony, right, from the, uh, the, the Rent. And Google searching done. Yes, he's got four Tony Awards. So yes, he's got Tonys. But this man needs an Emmy for this show. It's incredible. I mean, like his 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 caliber of emotion that he brings in just every single moment this season. So powerful. So yeah. powerful. It almost makes you think, but they've made us think this before, that like maybe he doesn't have too much longer on the show. I hope that's not the case. I mean, I don't know. Like, I hope it's not the case. Sure. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, you know, you never know. You never know. Like, like. You know, where does he want to go career-wise? Like, what is he interested in well, doing health still? health-wise, too, kind of comes into it as well. Well, I mean, he just he just hurt his back. I mean, like, that's not, that's not like... No, but I mean, he did. He, he, he's he been on the outskirts for, for some time here. But anyway, like, when he does show up again, he just brings it 120%. This oh, yeah. episode was absolutely no different. Very, very powerful uh, moment there at the end and a great, great way for the city to... Kind of acknowledge Barry Allen. Although, Bell, you did know, you did mention the fact that like the, his fellow employees are like that guy. He's never at work. <laughs> I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They're giving this to Barry Allen, the perpetually late guy who is you know just r- all the time just randomly leaves. Right. Right. Yeah. And and who's giving it to him? Oh, his dad slash father in law. Yeah. I was like nepotism. Okay. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> the only people that did not appreciate that at all are. Uh, Barry's direct co-workers but anyway yeah. everybody yeah. else uh, very very powerful uh, man speaking well, of powerful again, I mean, Barry, Barry doesn't have any co-workers like. well, this is true <laughs> this is true he had, he had his daughter there and nobody questioned it like yeah she's my intern hey where'd that intern go by the way maybe yeah. she's the flash <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait Nora was the flash actually you know what pretty close you're getting yeah, pretty yeah. close uh <laughs> <laughs> it was iris no half half yeah yeah <laughs> half Four last season yeah. yeah or three two, two seasons ago, whenever it was anyway yeah. uh b plot man we gotta jump we gotta keep things moving here because we actually do have a ton of crisis news and rumors to get into this week uh but okay so allegra and nash they go to find something monetary um specifically uh, it is Nash's thought process that uh, he's got a way of thwarting the monitor, thus uh, stopping the crisis, thus uh, no need for Barry to die. Um, everybody on the uh, everybody around him gets gets kind of on board with this. They all turn on the monitor fairly quickly, which I find kind of interesting. Um, although nobody really likes him, but nobody well, has really like classified him as a supervillain as of yet, right? Yeah, but I mean, they, they haven't really spent as much time with him as as Oliver has. So like, maybe they're just like, oh yeah, no, cool. Barry, if, if you can make Barry live, great. Yeah, we'll kill the monitor. Sure. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, what it seems like to me. I mean, at least could be. Uh, I mean, like that. That is, you know, that that is something that was actually uh, pointed out even on Twitter. That you know the, you know, my, my my initial thought at the top of this episode was like, man, y'all don't normally trust trust a Wells this quickly, and yet this dude's like, hey, we're gonna go kill Space God, uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, sure, let's do that. But if the outcome means Barry doesn't have to die, then sure. Why? Yeah, of course we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's off to go find something uh, monetary. Uh, Allegra is with him. They have their um, <clears throat> uh, issues that they kind of work out with each other. And um, Bell, let me tell you something. Every single season of this show that I love so much always, always has one character or plot line that I just can't seem to care about first one was ronnie i was never a big firestorm fan made it very clear at the beginning of the uh, the series i just i was not i just could never get behind it i always felt like you know any any kind of sequences driving firestorm forward just kind of felt like we were uh kind of kind of deteriorating there and and this season bell <clears throat> i want to like nash i do I, he's a cool swashbuckling harrison wells like i should love this I, I i love wells i'm all about the council of wells uh but i don't know if i've got wells fatigue or what's up but i just i cannot care about nash that was not the plot line that i thought you would talk about i thought you were gonna get tired of the uh cecile 
the meta human defense lawyer thing. No, I was going to give this this plotline just a little bit more attention, even though I, I I'm actually I actually fine with the Cecile uh, uh, defense lawyer thing. As as you laid out, it makes a ton of sense for the evolution of her character with, um, especially with the career change that she's made. Um, and also, I mean, that actress is phenomenal. Like she has literally chemistry. She can have chemistry with, you know, like a blade of grass. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. is fantastic paired with any uh, character. So yeah, no, throw, throw everything her way. You know, <laughs> I hate that we've gotten less Joe, but, if, but I do love that we've gotten so much more Cecile as kind of a result of that. And, uh, and you know, she's, she's phenomenal. So no, I'm not going to uh, naysay her arc or her stories at all. But man, again, I just I can't get behind Nash and Allegra in particular feels very like like I don't know if she's even going to stick around. So I don't know if I'm supposed to care about her or not. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you know, until Ultraviolet was back on the scene, I was like, oh, she's just going to be kind of like doing, um, uh, you know, stories for the paper and for Iris and stuff like that. And then with Ultraviolet back, I was like, oh, well there's eventually going to be some kind of battle between those two. And so that's what they're setting up now. That, that's, that's, that's how I felt. I, I don't know. But why this is the, this is the thing we've got so many characters here, man. Like, like it could have been, honestly, it could have been, it could have been Cisco, you know, a Cisco Wells pair up always fun. It could have been Iris. Uh, there's, there's just a lot. And I mean, I know her power set worked to what he was doing, but I mean, that's the convenience of the narrative. You just shift the narrative to yeah. fit the characters and you kind of go from there. So I, I, I I don't know, man. I, I find this pairing just like last week's pairing, because that's the same thing that happened last week. It was Joe and Nash uh, and couldn't get behind that storyline. Here we got Allegra and Nash. Can't get behind that storyline. The common denominator continues to be Nash. And I just am not just, yeah, I'm just mate, not I fighting know. with uh, this year. I don't know what's up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, it's not the best Wells. But then again, maybe he's not Wells. Maybe well, and that that is very true. That that might be part of uh, what's actually going on here is that we're not really dealing with the character we're seeing, and uh, and maybe that's kind of the jitteriness, and that's why we're not really getting kind of a deep dive of what's going on here. And um, so you know, who who knows? Why. And and you would Again, think that a Wells would yeah. have more discretion about like you know uh, secret identities and not just be dropping bombs that you know Barry Allen's the Flash in front of Allegra, you know, like. Yeah, but he's he's the anti Wells, you know what I mean? Like that that is something about this, and maybe that's another reason why I don't like him. Yeah, <laughs> he's just not very Wells ish. He's not he's not well in the Wells. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, Allegra. Um, gosh, I I just don't know. I don't know how to invest in her character because much like uh, Cisco's girlfriend from last week and and ongoing. Like, I just see, like, we have other characters that can facilitate these narratives that are getting sidelined and or, in last week's case, killed off off screen. So, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, 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 why? I mean, that's the thing, though, is, is the, the portion of the episode, you know, when, when Allegra was introduced and everything like that. Like, that was, uh, that was interesting. And the story made sense there, but, like... Yeah, decent freak of the week. Yeah, and, and I figured it'd be over. Okay, so, you know, she's... Uh, 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 Ultraviolet's in Iron Heights and she's working for Iris. And so, great, cool, there we go. And she can do stuff for Iris and things like that. But yeah, but no, it looks like they're, they're pushing this, you know, this um, battle between the cousins at some point. I just, I'm just not sure why. Because um, like you said, there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters that have been on the show forever and that, you know, kind of want to deal with them, maybe. Well, and here's here's the other thing too, man. Maybe and this this could be the case that maybe there was always this thought that they would rotate out supporting metas, and then Cisco and Caitlin became so popular that they kept them on uh, longer than intended. And maybe you know they wanted to kind of have these uh, different folks kind of rotating around. But but you know it's almost like it's almost like they have a hard time letting go of certain characters to make room for new characters, and so you just end up with kind of a crowded slate. Yeah. Here. Um, Chester is kind of fit, fits in this kind of, you know, uh, pivoting a little bit to that storyline. Uh, like I mentioned, Cecile has chemistry with everybody. Loved, loved, uh, her and Chester's back and forth. Chester in particular, he, he's like a, he's like a cartoon come to yeah. life, which is somewhat befitting of his car uh, or his comic character who looks very cartoony, uh, in, in kind of, um, you know, as the chunk. Yeah. Uh, and so they kind of almost took that larger than life character and put it in the form of a larger than life personality 
uh, in you know Twitch's own, YouTube's own, whatever you want to call it, Chester Rock here. Um, he gets, uh, you know, he gets all hype being in Star Labs. He's got full access. Uh, we once again see the Star Labs security fully on display as he starts messing around with all the technology. <laughs> well, so yeah, and um, here's my question about yeah. that: is uh, uh, Cecile does realize that his mucking around with technology they didn't quite understand resulted in his whole black hole thing and like destroying jitters and all this other stuff and almost, you know, killed mm. Barry. Uh, is it a good idea to have him, uh, you know, play with the star labs technology? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Unless he's got Cisco uh, he as a lab be- partner. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. So Cisco is a lab partner there. You know, he's close. Chester is also clearly going to be sticking around. And so I, I kind of want to ask this question. Uh, are we, it's part of the reason why we're getting Allegra and Chester as potential new team members because they are set to actually replace some of our existing characters or bell. Is it because we got a crisis coming and there need to be stakes? And if you just kill off characters, you know, that are only on for one episode, nobody cares. But if you have a couple episodes behind them, then it feels like no I, Do you I think i think if you're going to kill off a character that was introduced in a season with the only exception of that being nora allen i feel like uh just because of you know who she was and the prominence that she had throughout the entire season i felt like there was a lot of weight behind that uh decision to you know to kill her sure. um but like if it's not a main character and you're going to like try to up the stakes by like killing somebody oh they've been on the show the entire season it's like well you know buddy Really, you know, they're they're not like 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 killing Ralph. <laughs> right. That would be huge. Like that would be very huge. Um, killing Cisco, um, killing you know Frost or Caitlin. Sure, you know Cecile, Joe, all those guys. But like, sure. Well, I, mean, I guess I'm saying is it. And let, I'm not talking about like it. It's it's a pivot from this one person that matters to a couple of people that kind of matter, so to speak. From a you know narrative weight perspective what, so like they're just gonna off a bunch of people yeah yeah what if that's the idea is that we're gonna get kind of a you know a thanos snap um eradication of some folks as you know uh, antimatter starts raining down and starts zapping people we need to see not just nameless faceless people or you know a a crowd of folks we don't recognize but like people you know vanishing in front of people that we know and care about so even though even though maybe Caitlin doesn't or um or Frost doesn't, you know, die, she's like right there in front of uh uh Chester as he's as he's getting zapped or or something of that nature. And so the impact is what we're seeing the reaction uh of kind of this loss being felt by everybody at multiple locations at multiple points. And I, you know, this is just wild speculation here. Um that may not be it. But I almost wonder if there is a reason why you know, our, our cast, our team is, is so full at the moment. I mean, it continuously has gotten fuller and fuller and fuller every single season. Uh, but, but this season in particular, they really, I mean, it it's, we, we are beyond capacity here. Yes, that is for sure. So I'm just, I, it just feels like they're setting, setting things up for certain people to, um, to potentially be, be offed or to leave the show. I think either larger characters are leaving the show permanently. And so we're establishing newer characters to take their place or we're establishing kind of a, a suite of newer characters for the sole purpose of dying uh, horribly in a antimatter wave that took, you know, Earth yeah, two. but I, I don't know that still feels kind of cheap to me. I mean, granted, but I mean, it's, te- it's television. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean like what you going to do? Uh, okay. We also got it, by the way, this episode, another nod to black hole. Uh, this uh, criminal organization that's been uh, doing some stuff, some n- nefarious things with metahumans. Uh, Bell, I'm starting to think that Black Hole may be, uh, this This may be kind of seeding something for next half of the season, especially where we are in this half of the season. Yeah, I I mean, why else keep nodding towards them? We know it's going to be yeah. two story arcs this season. Uh, you know, we got blood work, uh, which we only saw for a brief glimpse, um, as he's fighting elongating man at the end, at the end there. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good speculation there. I think, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, I mean, at this, at this stage in the game, uh, it could also be the black pole is connected to a larger big bad meta, uh, that, that, you know, I've heard a lot of people say they want to see, um, Godspeed return in kind of a seasonal, 
uh, big bad. I've also heard a lot of people say uh, Red Death is somebody they hope for. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm starting to lean towards it being Black Hole, though potentially with one of those larger characters or someone we haven't even considered yet, pulling the strings in a way that's that might feel unexpected. But we got a long way to go before we actually get, get there. <laughs> a whole crisis to go before we actually get there. Yeah, Uh yeah, and that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see where they're going to go with that. I, I think, you know, maybe like a uh, you know black holes do all this nefarious stuff with metahumans. Maybe Godspeed's going to be a metahuman, and maybe there's some you know strings being pulled there. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's the there's the future elements of that character, but one way or the other, man, we've got uh, like I say a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on, and we've had we even thought last week about putting out a special Road to Crisis episode, but. Uh, we didn't, uh, and so we saved it for this week, which is, by the way, going to bring us to the road to crisis. All right, man. Everyone, it's turning on the monitor, like not just turning on powering the thing attached to a computer, but like literally, they are like turning the tables on the space god monitor. Yes. Yeah. Before it was don't kill the messenger. He's just telling you some bad stuff. Now everybody's like, oh, we can, we can kill him, and not just on Flash. Which, by the way, I should mention before we get into this, is that uh, you know, as with previous episodes, Road to Crisis is going to deal with some spoilery stuff. And sometimes I say like, oh, this is mostly speculation. No, no, no. We are actually going to be talking about some legit spoilers for Arrow, and you know, some stuff that has been teased at this point uh, visually and and shown for the crisis to come. Uh, and so if you don't want to be spoiled on any of that, we will see y'all next week. Thank y'all so much for listening. But uh, man, we need to kind of get over to, to Arrow here because over on Arrow this week, Team Arrow has also turned against the monitor completely and they are now working to create a weapon that mirrors the power of the antimatter wave that destroyed Earth 2 that they can use as kind of like a, as a, as like a, like a monitor gun of sorts. Huh, interesting. They want to, they want to kill him. They went. It, Oliver went real quick from his little errand boy to yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kill him. <laughs> well, that's Oliver for you. I and I say gun. I guess he wants to make an antimatter arrow. <laughs> oh, please be an arrow. Please be an arrow. <laughs> that would be amazing. They had to get some plutonium for it and everything. It'd be great if he like just slapped on some plutonium onto an arrow and is like <laughs> yeah. <boom. laughs> nuclear arrows. Very. It's, it's kind of like a nuclear hand grenade. It's a very bad idea. Exactly. And then he like, he shoots it over and then boop, it ends up being the uh, punching bag arrow. He's like, ah, (laughs) wrong arrow. Crap. (laughs) Wrong one. Also on arrow, man, Lila has been found out by Ollie and Diggle. They now know that she is working with the monitor. Uh, However, before they could get too deep in that revelation, uh, they were, they were zapped, knocked out. And so that will be continued on next week's episode, which I will definitely be watching and keeping y'all informed. Now for some of the bigger, more direct crisis stuff, man. Um, so we got a series of teasers and promotional trailers and such from across the DC TV universe. And by far the biggest reveal came in the teaser for black lightning in which we first got our chance to see on screen and not just in promotional images, uh, for one thing, pariah. Uh, so we got, you know, uh, Tom Kavanaugh as pariah in the full on pariah gear, but we also got next to him confirmed to be alive as I've been saying for a year, Bell. <laughs> Earth 90, Barry Allen, OG, John Wesley ship, talking about the 90s costume, not Jay Garrick, ladies and gentlemen, the original, The Rock. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. He is back, ladies and gentlemen, not The Rock. Not that that could be confusing. You know who I'm talking about. John Wesley Ship. He is back as Earth 90s Barry Allen. He is at play here. Now, to recoup like like to like let, let's rewind real quick cuz this is this is important. I feel like we my my theory is getting closer and closer to being solidified as almost just mm, fact bell. I'm feeling it. So we know the Flash has to die. We know the Flash has to die. That has been prophesized. That has been seen across the board. We know this has to happen. And bell. Barry Allen. Because the monitor yeah, said Barry Allen and the Flash, you know, he said he said both names. We, he said both. He said both of those things. At one point, he said the Flash. At one point, he said Barry Allen. So, so Barry, our Barry, Prime Barry, if you will, uh, has been logically assuming this was going to be him. However, I have been saying for the longest time that I think it makes the most sense for John Wesley Ship's Earth '90s Barry Allen, who, as you recall from Elseworlds, his Earth has been destroyed. So, fans of the '90s show. 
your earth, that earth has been wiped out. That Barry Allen is the sole survivor of his world, right? So even after this crisis, he has, even if he was to survive this crisis, he has nowhere to go home to. This man is set up to be the sacrificial hero of this crisis. Uh, and, and as you know, if, if, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, we are obviously we're all, um, uh, you know, uh, heaping on lots of, uh, love and appreciation and admiration to, to, uh, arrow this season, especially because of, you know, it being the final season. And also because this is known this, the DC TV universe as it is, uh, in, in its current state is kind of known as the Arrowverse because this, uh, version of Oliver Queen really did kind of kick off this series and this multiverse that we've been able to enjoy. So man, like in my mind, now that this has been confirmed, because the biggest pushback I've been getting since since putting that theory out there and since continually campaigning that theory is that that Barry Allen died, that he died during the crossover last last uh, year, that in Elseworlds, the monitor, you know, cast him out and he was eradicated from time. Or maybe it wasn't the monitor, maybe it was the dude with the book. It doesn't matter. Point is, everybody was telling me that he died last year and I was saying, no, that did not happen. So I'm saying this dude right here who is one of, if not for Burt Ward, would be the senior member of this crisis. Right? Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. And Burt Ward's not going to die. <laughs> like, I mean, he might die, but like, it ain't going to be 66 Robin that's going to save the multiverse. Okay? That'd be kind of amazing. But yeah. no, we know we like, when it comes down to it, like, you know, if there's going to be this, it, it almost makes... Like, it's so beautiful. I mean, I, I just think it's so beautiful because of the way that this is tying into so many different franchises and so many different uh, television shows and so many different Earths and so many different fandoms. It, it, it makes it all the better and larger, Bell, if it's not hinging on a modern superhero. But if it's hinging on a superhero, a classic superhero, a superhero whose fandom has been decades in the waiting for a, a massive kind of tip of the hat nod, you know, to see their hero kind of go off in glory in, some, in this fantastic way. And honestly, Bell, this could potentially even set up this, a, a twist to a theory that we've had for the longest time, which is that Barry Allen, our Barry Allen is the Speed Force, and that John Wesley ships Barry Allen as the Speed Force. Yeah. That, that he is essentially like, like in this crisis, he generates the Speed Force throughout the multiverse and throughout time that essentially powers and fuels all speedsters, which what a gorgeous like passing of the torch, some sort of reveal that, that, you know, literally ships flash is fueling grants flash. How, how crazy would well, that I mean, be? He was the first, you know? So, I mean, like, like yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he's alive and I'm probably right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's that. laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying there. I think it'd just be a really awesome send off for the nineties flash and uh, a really great sort of like tie into our universe with it. And it, yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I'd really, I'd really appreciate it if that's what they went with that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what ends up happening. I was just super happy to see, uh, see, see in fact that uh, that is now confirmed that he is alive and uh, pseudo well, I mean, as well as someone can be as the sole surviving member of uh, your Earth. I guess he and uh, the Clarks will have a, a lot to uh, <laughs> to bond on. Uh, speaking of the Clarks, we did get a chance to see a new promotional image of Tom Welling. Uh, no suit. Uh, in And from all reports, he is not going to be wearing the suit. Certainly not in this uh, uh, first half of the crisis for sure. Um, but we will see him in more of a, a Smallville down-home capacity, which certainly fits the character that we all knew from the show. A lot of people who were kind of hoping for that suit-up moment, I, I, why don't it'll? I mean, I hear you. It'd be amazing. But, like, it's not about that. This is not about that. This is about, you know, this is about the crisis. And so I do think it would be amazing if, uh, you know, Welling was to maybe in the, the second half at the very least put on the, um, the, the Holy red jacket that he had at the uh, very tail end of season uh, 10. But um, I, I don't believe we are going to see the suit. I bet it'll, you know, he may be retired at this point. It's possible that the suit is at the, um, it's at the dry cleaning up at the fortress of solitude. And, you know, we got a crisis on, so there's no time, you know, <laughs> who, who knows what the explanation yeah. is, but um, I highly doubt we're going to see that. However, one thing we did see in one of these promotional images is, uh, um, Kevin Conroy, man, we did get a sort of confirmation to that end of him with some kind of metallic shoulder pads that implies that he's got uh, a a uh, Kingdom Come-esque 
costume going on for him. Yeah, that's super cool. Like, I was super excited to see that. I think that's going to be totally fun, man. Like, uh, and yeah, we're, we're, it's like massive Kingdom Come vibes. I think that's where they're going with it, and I think that's going to be great. But do you think that he's from the same universe as uh, Brandon Superman? I see. I don't know because that, that's what we keep going back and forth, right? What makes it better, right? Is this are we, are we getting the Kingdom Come guys coming to our Earth, or are we gonna have like multiple different Earths all involved, right? So like that's I think it's definitely multiple Earths, especially with some of the other set photos that I wish I hadn't seen. Like I, the, it it seemed I'm I'm guessing that we're gonna get a lot of multiple Earths, um. And just because he's wearing a Kingdom Come esque suit doesn't like they're both wearing kind of future inspired costumes, but yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed if I'm if I'm being totally honest here because I would have liked to see him wearing something more akin to a Batman Beyond suit, um, which of course you know given the fact that he was that particular Batman, uh, and that he you know his Batman did wear that suit in in the latter years of him being the Batman. Would have liked to see that. Um, I was actually skeptical when this image first showed up because there have been so many, probably more Kevin Conroy and Tom Welling fake photos and fake photoshopped things of them wearing various uh, outfits than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's been photoshopping Burt Ward's head on anything, but these two dudes. <laughs> um, but anyways, so yeah. So uh, one way or the other, we did get kind of a confirmation of the suit, which is uh, good, good, to, um, good to know. Good to know. Google yeah, it'll now. it'll definitely this, you know be some speculation fuel for sure. Now Guggenheim has said that there's a lot of stuff that we still don't know about this, and stuff that they still don't know about this because they're still trying to work on work out a few additional details. We do have. Hmm, how do I want to say this? I I want to revisit something that we talked about in the past and kind of toss to the side, and that's the rumors about Titans and lucifer so we have hmm how, how do i say this uh so this is uh, still rumors still rumors but no longer no longer trash can like originally we kind of tossed those aside and like yeah this ain't gonna happen uh it it from sources <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's that's very reassuring yeah this isn't this isn't good at all is it um uh, unnamed sources are are informing us that the Titans are in and that Lucifer is in and that the actor has just been lying to cover it up. Um, now I'm sort this is very, I still feel very hearsay about this, which is why, you know, this is not, don't go to any blog post or, or Reddit or whatever and say, Oh, flash TV talk saying it's back on because I saw what y'all did to Pagey and I don't want y'all doing it to us. So this is not, this is not a confirmed anything like that. I'm not willing to stake my, my reputation on this at all. <laughs> However, um, we are hearing that, 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 that is not so much that's out of the trash can. That's more back into the rumor. rumor. <laughs> I'll, put it that, I'll put it that way. Does that work? Does that, does that count? Sure. But I think like if it's uh, with Lucifer, then it's, probably a very small cameo because if he was only on set for a little bit to quote visit his friend um and we hadn't seen him since on set then uh it's so far everybody's been a pretty small i think almost everybody's has been like a like shooting a scene and probably like in a reaction type way i think welling probably has more than most because we we have we have seen you know images of him with um with Supergirl, Superman, I forget the actor that portrays him, but Tyler uh, Hawkland. Yeah. So we've seen, we've seen them together and we've also seen kind of these other images. Welling's wearing the same thing. So my guess is that we are going to get a, uh, perhaps a recruitment type moment where they kind of come to him and he turns down the, the offer to come help save the multiverse. And then later we will probably see him as well as a bunch of people around the multiverse including Burt Ward, including uh, Huntress, you know, like a, a bunch of different folks looking out the window, looking up into the sky and seeing that, um, you know, the skies are starting to turn red and that, you know, the the multiverse is coming to a, a close unless something does, somebody does something very, very quickly, very speedily, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Almost as if it travels antimatter fast. Yeah, so... <laughs> There you go. Titans 
possibly back in Lucifer, possibly back in um, sources are telling us this, but unnamed again, I'm still, unofficial. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like T- take, take the fact that there is so much unknown about the way that I'm presenting this as, as this is very much rumor and not fact. Again, don't go to Reddit. <laughs> Normally, I love for y'all to promote out and talk about us on on different blogs or everything. But in this instance, we are not we're not we're not hanging our hat on this. But we would we want to do our job here and let you know that we yeah. are hearing this. So there you go. Um, and and beyond that, man, I think I you know before we we kind of close things out here because we are we are we are right here near the end of the show. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we're managing our expectations when it comes to crisis. We have been hyping up big time. Uh, we've had our Road to Crisis series. We you know every single. Uh, episode this this season thus far we've had kind of this uh, dive into what's going on and what's being announced and I think when it's all coming down to it it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be awesome it's going to be I think more fulfilling than other bigger storylines that we've gotten before but at the same time this is not Avengers Endgame you know what I mean like this is not going to have that budget this is not going to have you know that number of years and that number of character stories that are driving directly to this moment this is going to touch on a lot of different franchises and bring forth a lot of different characters that uh, have deep ties and and that we have history with um you know John Wesley Shipp's Flash may have been your Flash like that 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 series may have been to you what for example Smallville was to me in a very like you know watching that show in a very defining moment of your life and so, you know, there's a lot of these series they're going to pay homage to, and that's that's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be fun. But as much as I think some of us, myself included, would really want to see like an end game like like coming together Avengers assembled moment, I don't think we're going to get that. I don't think I, I definitely don't think we're going to get that on the first half of this of the crisis. And I would be shocked if we really got that on the second half. So the crisis is coming. It's going to be fun. But as we get pretty close to it, despite us generating as much hype as possible, I do think we start need we need to start setting our expectations based off of you know the more fuller picture of everything that we've gotten. Yeah, but I don't think they're trying to make an Avengers in game. That's not their that's not their plan, right? Their plan is to is to show oh, the I multiverse agree. as it sits with DC TV, and uh, if, if that's just a, a nod or, or you know at, at this universe or like a brief glimpse of that one, it's just to show all of this interconnectivity that they have with the multiverse in DC. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think that's cool. Like, and I, I think that's fine. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting there. Yes. It'd be great if they all fought together, you know, like you said, Avengers assemble style, but I'm not, I'm not expecting that. I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, it, it doesn't make me any less, you know, it doesn't make me sad or anything like that. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not disappointed that they're not going to do that because, you know, I, I realize that the, uh, uh, that's not what they're trying to do. And so, Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm just really looking forward to what they have planned, uh, and what I think is going to happen. And if and if what I think is going to happen happens, that's great. If something more than that happens, even better. You know. <laughs> well, and you know, crossovers on these shows and the DCTV world has been very hit or miss. Um, like you know, Earth X, fantastic crossover, absolutely fantastic. Um, the first Arrow Flash crossover, uh, amazing. Um, you know the the uh, uh, gosh the invasion. Uh, kind of the the first real big crossover. I mean, I guess arguably, uh, you could say that the uh, the Legends crossover was really the first really big one. But that one was really more setting up the Legends, whereas uh, Invasion was the first one. Once we had more than just two shows established, Invasion was uh, for me was kind of a, a miss. I think Crisis is going to be a hit, but Bell, you're right. I mean, like it is about kind of what their what their plan is going into this. Um, but you know, with storylines like flashpoint where they had a plan and the fans had their expectations and those two things did not line up at all. Yeah. Um, I mean like I, and, and in that scenario, I was actually much more in line with probably what they had planned. You know, I, I would love to see a bunch of things, but I, my expectations were about in line with what they actually had planned. Um, this one, I'm trying to manage it. It's hard. It's hard, dude. <laughs> there's just, there's so much potentially cool storylines and you almost just really wish that this this was a crossover year yeah right like an entire <laughs> season of crossover that'd be great exactly exactly but anyway fantastic stuff and um uh, yeah we will continue to to watch it with great interest hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk <laughs> that's the sound of the police in my all right, man, listener feedback. Um, we, we've kind of nearing the end here, but we want to make sure we get this in. Uh, first one coming in from Craig uh, Rogoff. What did uh, Craig have to say? 
Hey, Bo, I just wanted to let you know that when I turned on last week's episode and it started off with, I got a vibe on it, I immediately started laughing and I enjoyed it so much, I just had to let you know. I'm sure I'll send you some theories at some point this season, as I tend to do, but for now, I just had to let you know, <laughs> let you know that LOL. I uh, love the podcast. Can't wait for crisis. Well, thank you, Craig. Yeah, shouts out, by the way, to our uh, our editor, Mike, who uh, got, got the music all right for that. And it was just, oh, it's perfect. So thanks. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, man, lastly, we also have a, uh, an email from Jen, uh, kind of, kind of long little, little, uh, but, but you know what? I wanted to, I wanted to give her the chance to soapbox here. So we'll go ahead and, uh, you, you think you got all this one? Yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, guys, I responded to your tweet regarding Cynthia being fridged this past episode, but it turns out the more I thought about it, the more annoyed I got. First of all, they completely did Cynthia dirty. What the hell is up with her not fighting back at all against Echo? I do not believe that she would be shocked enough that it was, quote, Cisco uh, she was fighting just to stand there and get killed. She kicked Cisco's butt before this. Uh, I'm uh, I'm sure uh, she would be surprised, but I firmly believe that she would have still kicked butt first and asked questions later. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, second, why did Cynthia have to die? She was presented as a super BA character that was brave enough to give up short-term happiness, her relationship with Cisco, because it interfered with what she wanted most out of life. In a, re- in a reality where most women in the media are shown to care the most about finding love, uh, enough that they often throw their lives away for their SO, Cynthia was a great role model for young girls. Sometimes it's better to end something good now for your future happiness. But instead of running with that characterization, Cynthia in the most recent episode is suddenly so in love with Cisco, who she hasn't seen in like two years, that she goes to Earth One right before she dies since he is the only person that she trusts enough to handle Echo. She would not have given up like that. Besides, does she not trust her father? Next, this is a classic, uh, this is such a classic example of fridging a character that they even introduce a new guy just so he can react to her death. Besides the supposed, quote, growth that Cisco goes through is preposterous, they had to start by regressing Cisco so that he could have, quote, growth, gross. Finally, addressing the only other woman in this plot, Camilla has been reduced to a boring character whose only trait is being the perfect girlfriend for Cisco. I was so tired of her insisting that he's perfect and that she would never be upset for him being the best boyfriend ever. Uh, it was a very unrealistic de- depiction, in my opinion. I feel that if... Uh, I feel like uh, if that wanted, uh, if they wanted to keep her as an understanding and compassionate girlfriend, so you can still have her address any jealousy she might be understandably feeling in a conversation with Cisco, something like, "Yeah, it's weird and uncomfortable for me that you're having such a deep emotions over an ex, but I trust you and I understand that my feelings are an irrational reaction and I'm not putting stock in them." Uh, especially since Cisco hadn't yet told Camilla that he loved her, it's unrealistic to assume that she would have no negative feelings about this at all. Women are more than just props for male characters. Whew. Thank you for letting me get all that frustration out. I really enjoy uh, that you two are mostly positive about the show, and I also like to keep a positive state of mind when I reflect on the Arrowverse shows, but this episode was just egregiously bad and made me sad to watch. <laughs> here's to be, here's to this being a one-off, Jen. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's and, and honestly, I had to remember for a second who Camilla was because we just... She just has been so just. Basically, I've already forgotten who she is. That's that's I, that's Cisco's. Just, yeah, just, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I, yeah, I, no, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, we and we talked about that. How she's just kind of sidelined and just this, you know, perfect little girlfriend for Cisco. And yeah, it's I, the way they handled her emotions over that whole thing were just kind of weird. Uh, and, yeah, and, and the way they, you know, just fridge Cynthia was was bad. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. So here's the thing. Well, first of all, let me just acknowledge great email, Jen. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I think, I think it was very well deserved of kind of giving it the, the soapbox treatment, so to speak, to, you know, kind of give you a chance to, to share that because honestly, 110%. And I think it does really kind of reiterate a lot of where our hearts and heads were after last week's episode. Um, that being said, uh, we get long emails in all the time and we also don't read them all the time. So, so I do want to encourage most people, if you want to write in the show, keep it to about a paragraph. <laughs> so, uh, so I do, you know, I just, I, that's uh, we're, we're kind of treating this one as kind of a special, special occasion type deal, because I do think it's kind of worth kind of taking a look back um, at the decisions made around this character and for that episode. And for all these characters in general, I am not someone who is anti killing characters. Like, you know, even even in general, I feel like like the term fridging somebody gets thrown around too loosely. However, this was like 
like textbook definition. Yeah. <laughs> like almost. And I mean, I think that this is a, so this is a, a very, you know, good, um, if, a, a, a good case. An, or a, if, if good is even the, the correct adjective used here, but this is exactly a case of, of when this occurs. And it was just, it was so poorly done. Now, that being said, again, I am not anti-killing characters. If they wanted to say, as I suggested earlier, this, uh, this, um, uh, this episode, kill off a bunch of characters for the purpose of, you know, having kind of our main cast react and, and, you know, have them kind of push them for what they're doing. I don't think that's a terrible thing. I I think it is a, a kind of a tried and true story device that is sometimes overused. Um, however, in the event of say, you know, Allegra or, um, uh, gosh, I don't want to call him Chunk because that's his character's name, but Chester or, um, even, even with, girl what name you just said who's cisco's girlfriend but i still can't remember her name if if (laughs) if all of these kind of characters they just introduced um if if the because we do need people to die like we do need for there to be kind of a wealth of of death to some extent i mean we we got the entire earth two was wiped out and you know how i feel about that (laughs) um but at the same time it increases the stakes i don't like the fact that earth two is gone but it added real stakes to this this scenario. So I, you know, so all that to say, I mean, I'm 110% behind what Jen is saying here. And yes, this is this is absolutely these two things are not the same, I guess is what I'm saying. Like there's a difference between killing off characters and with that having a necessary motivation towards, you know, the storyline. And then there's whatever the heck last week was, uh, which, you know, as we we kind of now refer to and or have referred to for years as fridging in kind of the comic fandom world. Um so anyway, I hope I hope these two differences are are clear. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We'll we'll I'm sure we'll get feedback if not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, absolutely. And again, uh, that for for the sake of wanting to kind of you know touch based on touch back on that uh, last week's episode as we look forward to a crossover that probably is going to include a lot of character death uh, and already has again Earth Two completely gone. So thanks for that, Jen. And in the future, uh, yeah paragraph long emails are, are always always welcome <laughs> always welcome well, I mean, she, she uh, all really right guys point, so you know exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying that's yeah we, we we broke our own rule because it was such a good point but that doesn't mean that we're going to break our own rule for other people in the future or anything like that i'm just trying to keep the emails down yeah. uh all right so good stuff uh hey if you enjoyed this episode let us know head over to itunes write us a review we love getting those uh you can also follow us throughout the week on twitter at flash tv talk or you can follow me at the real bow york or at bell ring that bell share us your thoughts on any and all of this that has been discussed we would love to uh, carry that going throughout the week but if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com that's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y.com and please keep them somewhat brief (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's a tightrope man because on the one hand again like it's great stuff it's like it's it's great stuff so good it's been the entire show reading emails i know and there's been tons of emails we have not read because they have been very very long like we've gotten essays before and it's so maybe we need to do it just do a better job we could do an email show one day uh maybe I mean, we could do that. We could do kind of a letters to Santa as part of... Um, <laughs> yes, that would be great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for latest news, daily discussions, all things Flash, head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides music for our show. You can hear the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. All this and more can be found at tvtalk.fm, including links to get your tickets for our Crisis House Party in Austin, Texas. Come join us, party with us. It's going to be fun. Uh, again, that is tvtalk.fm. Uh, again, once more, shout out to Star, uh, Star Wars TV Talk for having us on their show to talk about The Mandalorian. If you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. Star Wars TV Talk, let them know that Flash TV Talk sent you. Uh, we love those guys over there. And that's going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry, we'll be back in a flash. Flash.